Welcome, everybody, to the Building Ehrensburg podcast. I'm Thomas Ehrensburg. And I'm Catherine Ehrensburg. And this is the first time we are going to be able to have solitude of time to talk to each other all week because it's football season. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> I worked the concession stand on Friday night during the football game with our daughter because we were trying to raise money for her little fundraiser for school. And um, I saw you after the game for a yeah. few minutes. And then I went to bed. That was probably it. Oh, I think when you came home at 1 a.m., I was up. But I mean, I was like, hey, what's up? Yeah. I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> that was it. But we saw each other for just a, a couple of minutes on the field. So you were able to be like, I've got the craziest story. And I said, I've got the craziest story. Yeah, yours was much crazier. I don't even remember what my story is. I what, do. What it was. It was two. Yours is so much crazier. It was two coaches who you were like, oh, they played together tonight. There's oh, always yeah, like this yeah, inner yeah, coaching yeah. thing where, yeah. you know. They don't like each other. One of the other coaches had a clearly a better team and ran the score up. On purpose. Really, really bad. Because you knew yes. they didn't like each other. Yes. The interesting thing about the coaching world, at least in Alabama, and I I mean, I, it's probably the same state to state, right? In Mississippi, in Florida, and where, where football is big in the South, um, these coaches all kind of move all over the place. And so you'll all know each other. Yeah. And you know the personalities, and you know um, who annoys them, and what their tendencies are, and the whole thing. And then when you see, see something that happens, you're like, oh, I know exactly why that happened. And you right. don't even need the context. You just know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly what happened. Well, I want to say, I mean, they probably haven't played each other or even been in the same area for probably seven or eight years. I mean, it's been a while. They probably should have, you know, for marketing and advertising purposes, which I know schools don't do this, but they really, if it had been the college football world oh, for sure. and you knew what was for going sure. on, they definitely would have played that up as some sort of yeah, rivalry. These two coaches do not like each other. Because it's the personality. It's not even the school rivalry. Right. That's what happens. Yeah. The kids probably don't even know. Right. Yeah, they don't right. know anything No idea. Going on. Yeah. But you guys as adult coaches, having known these guys for a really long time, you know their personalities and know that it's a rivalry. Right. I'm sure they don't want that getting out. I'm sure that's not a... Well, you look at the scoreboard... And you're like, wow, what happened there? <laughs> that really got out of hand. Right. And, the st- and you know, the, the people in the stands are going, that guy's a jerk because he's running up the score. And it's like, well, it's not against you guys. It's not really the school right. that he's running it up against. It's the personality of the guy. But, you know, that stays with those kids that, I know. that were on the losing team. Like, they will forever now not like that other school because yeah. of what they did. And it and has nothing to school. do with the kids or yeah. the school. It was just these coaches don't like each other. Ain't that always the story for all of life? Just a lot of people got mixed up in it. I mean, geez Louise, that's always the thing. There's always something underlying, not always maybe, but, you know, we, we watched that uh, movie Wonder uh, last weekend, I think. We yeah, do movie last night. Weekend. Every Friday night we do movie night, and uh, we watched the movie Wonder. And several times in that movie, they they use the phrase, it's not always about you. Yeah. And boy, if that isn't true. Yeah. There is always something else going on that we tend to take things on personally. And it, like nine times out of ten, it wasn't about you. Right. You know, there's but we, other stuff going on. Yeah. We think someone did something to us because they were personally trying to do something to us. But in your case, that guy really was personally trying to do something yeah, to he the was, other in guy. In that case, it was. Yes. It <laughs> was, was about them. In he that, was the in one out of ten times that, <laughs> that that happened, which I thought was hilarious. But um, so, okay, you, so that was my story. So that was your story. And then, of course, you told me the specific names, which we won't share. But um, you told me the specific names, so I knew which coaches you were talking about. It was hilarious. But I was like, oh, no, my story's crazier. I hate to one-up you. Don't you yeah. hate a one-upper? One-uppers well, are knew, the worst. Yeah, but that wasn't really, like, I was like, I have a crazy story. And you're like, no, I have a crazy story. And so. So, well, I'll tell my story in a second. But going back to yours a little bit, what's, you know, when you, you're in a football game, what's so funny is you're so focused on the game. You guys lost the game. It was a really bad loss. Yeah. 
But you and I both, the first thing we wanted to do was talk about our crazy story. <laughs> Yeah. Let's forget about the terrible football game that just happened between you and your players. Um, so my story was I was working in the concession stand with my daughter, um, and we were signed on to work the entire football game. Mm-hmm. From you had to be there at five thirty. The game doesn't start till seven, but I we started at five thirty to get everything prepped and ready, and then you work. It was supposed to be till nine thirty, but that game it turned out it was a TV game. I didn't know it was a TV yeah. game. Those are always longer. They're so much longer. They're purposely longer. I think that they have. They that, have to fill that yeah, spot. That like, ten to seven, seven to ten, or whatever. Right, it is. right. That right. So I didn't know it was a TV game until after all this transpired. The game was over, and I walked out on the field with you, and I saw the guy in the red hat, hat with his satellite dish, his yeah. stomach satellite dish, which I don't. <laughs> I guess up the sound. I guess it picks up sound. Anyway, it's hilarious watching those guys. But I couldn't see anything that was going on because I'm in this concession stand. I'm like in a black hole basically over there. And um, I mean, I'm telling y'all, we could do a whole podcast about this whole concession stand situation, which you have worked at the same school and in that facility for as long as it's been built forever and ever, basically. So you're very familiar with the concession stand, but apparently you didn't really know about the concession stand and what is... I've never worked in the concession stand. Holy (laughs) Okay, y'all listeners, have y'all ever worked in a concession stand before for a big football game? It, I mean, it was an experience. It was truly an experience. I have never in my life. Anyway, so I unknowingly signed up for all four hours. So you could split it in two. You could work from 5.30 to 7.30 mm-hmm. or from 7.30 to 9.30 or how Catherine Ehrensberg decided to do it. All four the hours. Thing, yeah. I was like, let's do this. Right. I want to earn some big cash for my daughter and we're going to work together and it'll be fun. And you it guys. was. It, it was a night. A different kind of fun. I have never. Okay, so... We get there at 5.30. First of all, we were not prepared. Like, the people who are working that concession stand are a bunch of moms. This week, apparently they switch week to week. They've right. got several employees who are always there that are on staff that work it. Right. Like, but there was one of those with us. The other two people who are on staff are running around doing all well, kinds of other things. there's two concession stands, so I'm sure one was probably helping with the other. Yes. So, there's a lot going on. Yeah. And so, you have to have a quick crash course in... Not you guys. It's not how just... How to make popcorn. How yeah, to make nachos. How to use the commercial popcorn popper machine, yeah. which, like, had never done before. Um, how to make nachos, which that ended up being, like, a crockpot situation, so I could handle that. And then there was... Um, what else did they... Oh, making the hamburger. So they would, like, bring you patties, and then you had to put them on the bun and put the cheese on them and all that. Right. It's a thousand degrees in there. Yeah. So the cheese is melting before I can even put... I can't peel it apart. Some people got, like, three pieces of cheese on their burger. <laughs> I don't know. Some people got some super cheesy burgers over at <laughs> the stadium this weekend made by me. Um, You know, I thought working in the concession stand was going to be like, here, ma'am, here's your Snickers. Right. Hand me $2 or whatever the price is. End of story. No. It is. It's work. It's work, work. I mean, you look back there and you it is a... hairnet. I needed a hairnet for sure. <laughs> we had gloves on. We were doing all the things. But there was one window unit in that entire place. Yeah. And it's up next to the ceiling, which helps no one. Right. No one. It's heating the air that rose to the top, basically. I mean, it's cooling the air, that, right. the heat, heated air that rose to the top. Anyway, so we've got a couple of circular fans or whatever, and they're blowing things around. But it was just a beehive of activity for hours. And I'm like, my legs are aching by the end. Um, But anyway, so I'm working inside. We're doing hamburgers. We're doing hot dogs, nachos, popcorn, candy, drinks, all this stuff, right? 
our daughter, our oldest daughter, who's also working, I thought we'd be making hamburgers together or handing right. out, hand, you know, yeah. uh, Snickers together. A, a, a mother-daughter It was not. Event. She was like, Mom, I'm going to go make snow cones because that's what kids want to do. They want to, oh, yeah. you know, lay on the sugar for other kids right. in different colors out in the snow cone machine. So there's a mom that goes out there to handle the snow cone machine with the kids. Fine. You Did go she do get the, the tutorial on the, how to operate the snow cone machine? The mother? Yes. That's a very good question. In hindsight, Excellent probably, question. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> I mean, so anyway, two hours in or so, I'm standing there making hamburgers. They got all the patties. I got all my stuff laid out. I'm working my deal. I'm like in the zone, y'all. I'm like frenetic pace. We're like making mm-hmm. hot dogs and hamburgers because they keep bringing them faster than I can wrap them up. So it's me. I can now work at McDonald's. Let's just say that. So well, you didn't put lettuce, tomato. Oh, you're right. But there's all the other stuff. You're right. It was just <laughs> at that stadium, you get a hamburger, a plain old hamburger, or you get a hamburger with cheese on it. That's the end right. of that story. Or you get a hot dog. You put your own condiments on it, whatever, out in right. the front, you know. And by the way, why do y'all eat? Why do y'all eat food like this at a game? What do you mean? I don't understand the love of theater food. Or, like, I do it's not... part of the experience. I don't understand I was going to say something about that, because when you started talking about this, I'm thinking, you probably don't understand this experience at all, because... I do not. You know, if there's a spectrum of, I love going to the theater, or I love going to a ball game, and experiencing the game, being there live, versus, I'd rather sit at home and just watch it on my TV, you are as far... To the TV to side. To the TV side of that spectrum as mm-hmm. it gets. Like, I want to eat my own food. I want to go m- and use my own bathroom. I want to sit in my own comfy chair. Right. So the food situation for you is even like, and then the food. I mean, that's a whole other layer of things. It's expensive. That are, it's expensive. It's not good. Yeah. Like if I'm going to pay that much for a hamburger, it better right. be like a real good hamburger. So people started lining up at this thing at like 530 asking for hamburgers, which we did not have prepared. I'm thinking this game starts at seven and you right. want a hamburger. You came into the stadium. There's a, yeah, there's a McDonald's outside. on the way well, here. That, there's people at tailgate. Right. Like they're I, out in the parking lot cooking stuff. There's no part of this I understand. Yeah. Like from a logical standpoint. And so <laughs> people are showing up wanting their burgers at 530. We don't have them, whatever. So by the way, they bought burgers. Until 9.45. Yeah. Or maybe even 10 o'clock. We stayed open that whole game, and there was a line to the stadium where people were sitting the whole time. Don't, cannot understand it. Cannot compute. Anyway, so they're out there working the snow cone machine. So y'all, y'all would not say you have a Chick-fil-A set up, where it's like someone gets the order, and like by the time they get to the window, it's, Let me, it's ready to go. No, because... I would imagine that every week they switch out volunteers or people who were getting that week we were earning money, but I would imagine a lot of the time it's like the cheerleaders or right. not maybe not cheerleaders, but like yeah. the moms or a club group. Yeah. or something that's like volunteering um, to work the concession stand. So every week they're reteaching people how to do this. Yeah. So at no time are you getting a quality hamburger or a quality made, I don't know, like one week, there's no consistency for sure. Like you're going to come in there one week and somebody's going to lay some real good cheese on your nachos mm-hmm. and another week somebody might be a little skimpy with it. I don't know. I don't know how that Sometimes works. Sometimes you'll get a hamburger with one slice of cheese. Sometimes you'll get it with three slices at or least. whatever you grabbed. Some of the cases I was like chipping off pieces of cheese and throwing them on there. I Block mean, of cheese. No, it, I mean, it was so, like they, they get these commercial yeah. uh, packs of cheese and it's fine when it's in the refrigerator and you can mm. easily peel pieces off. But sitting out with me while I'm trying to, it's, it's next to hot Start burgers. sweating a little bit. Oh, and yeah. Stick together. And... I'm not sweating on the burgers. No, I'm saying the cheese. Oh. The sweat, like the... <laughs> no, there was no sweaty cheese. There was no sweaty cheese. Okay. It was just as a block. It was, it was room temperature. 
it was getting to be room temperature or right. and room temperature in Alabama, you know, the first week of September is like a hundred degrees. Right. So like by the time I put it on the burger, it was already melted. So you yeah, you probably got three pieces of cheese. You should have just gone with the nacho cheese on there and just Oh, that would have been good. Ew, ew, but then your bun gets like cheesy. Yeah, but it, I mean, sure. We did run out of cheese for the nachos by the end of the night. That's anyway. Another- Let's keep <laughs> moving on. Let's keep, we're getting we're getting bogged down in the details of this concession stand here. I don't know how interesting that is to anybody. Anyway, so Addie's outside with the mom and several other girls, and these girls are all making snow cones. Mm-hmm. Well, these girls love making these snow cones. They just love pumping all the sugar on top for all these kids mm-hmm. out there. And they're they're everyone's favorite because they're they're the snow cone girl. I think this most disgusting thing ever. But um, anyway, so I'm in there making hamburgers. They're out there making snow cones, and about two hours in. The mom who is helping them walks in and looks at me with her hand held up and there's blood running down her arm. And she said, I cut off my finger. Can you help me? And I've never been prouder of myself for being so chill because you know I'm not chill about anything. No, you're not. But when it comes to injury, somehow I'm chill, especially someone else's injury. Not my injury, not my kid's injury, I guess. Anyway, so she comes in. I don't know how she accomplished cutting her finger. I mean, I know that that thing has a blade in it, but I have never asked. And all the time that we spent, right. and I've never looked like it up. Like, were you ha- putting the ice into the thing by your hand? I, like, don't, I would think you would have scooped it in. I don't know. Like a scooper. I have no idea. I know they were all wearing gloves, so, like, maybe a glove got caught and pulled. I don't uh, I don't maybe. know. Right. Um, but anyway, she comes in, and she's holding up her hand, and when she lowers it down to me, I can see a bone. And, like, she cut it off enough to where I could see a bone. Yeah. So I said, okay, I, you know, I had been in this concession stand all night for like probably four hours by that point. Yeah. I say two hours in, but that was two hours into the game. Like we had been there a while. Right, right, right. And so um, she comes in there. I knew there was no like cloth around. There was no rags around for me to compress her hand and keep mm-hmm. it from bleeding. And so I grabbed several paper towels. I'm like pumping paper towels. And I was like, okay, hold your hand up. We're going to, we're going to take you out to the ambulance. Of course, there's an ambulance right at the game because that's, Every game has an ambulance. Right. Um, so I take her out. I got girls coming in. They don't know what's going on. Because I'm so chill, and because this woman is so chill, she's a nurse also. I'm not a nurse, but she is a nurse. And so she's right. staying chill. And um, she knows what's going on. And I'm trying to help her. The girls are like digging in her pockets for change for people. And I'm like, I need for y'all to back up. She has cut her finger. I need for you to stop. Stop production of snow cones, right? right? So as soon as she cut her finger, we stopped all that. I took her out to the ambulance. The ambulance drivers are not there. And I will call them ambulance drivers because that is exactly what they are. <laughs> like One of them has to be a medic. I'm sure they're very sweet, kind people. But right. the ability to help in a situation like this was very small. And so thank God her entire arm had not been ripped from her body or something because she would have been in some real trouble. Yeah. So they put her in the ambulance once we find them. I think they were watching the football game. Sure. I don't know what they were doing. You're not expecting someone's finger to get cut off. Oh, my gosh. Luckily, the administrators from the school were standing right there. So they were, as soon as I told them what was happening, they went and got the people from the ambulance. They were able to kind of like gather some, a couple of doctors from the stadium um, because there's several and they knew them. And there's, you guys have trainers on the field and you got right. the whole thing. So we got like every trainer. Like, I, if there had been an injury on the field that night, I don't know We've what been they would have. Yeah. <laughs> Those doctors and trainers would have been all over the place. So. We get her into the ambulance. She wants me to call her husband. Her husband's out of town mm. in New Orleans, which I'm thinking if he's in New Orleans, yeah, like, I don't know what he does, right. but it has to be. He does something with disaster relief. Right, something. Yeah. I don't know if he's a line worker. I don't know what he does, but he was coming back in town that night, and she said, I don't know if he's here, if he's back in town yet. Right. So I called him, 
I explained who I was. I said, I didn't want to panic him because I was afraid that he would be upset and something bad would happen to him. Yeah. Yeah, And I don't know where he's coming from and I don't know how long it takes to get that. That was kind of the end of the conversation. I said, your wife has cut her finger. She needs to go to the hospital, which you would think that that would mean like, like it's bad enough. Yeah. Like it's It's, bad enough. Anyway, he didn't seem to be too concerned about it. My, apparently my calmness was calmed him a little too much. It was a little too chill. And so he, I wouldn't say he was lollygagging, but he certainly didn't seem to be he rushing to the scene. No. Yeah. So I called him like 15 minutes later. I'm like, hi, it's me again. When are you going to be here, buddy? Because your wife has cut her finger. Wink. You can't see me through the phone. Wink, wink, wink. She's cut her finger off. You know, right. like, I wasn't going to let her talk to him because I felt like she might panic. Because you know when you talk sure. to... Yeah, when you talk to the loved one, like just all the emotion comes yeah, rushing like you into start the conversation. Freaking out. Yeah. And I didn't want her to freak out. I don't want him to freak out. They've got a right. kid that's at the stadium, you know, all this stuff. And so um he finally gets there and he's like, She cut her finger off. I thought you said it was a cut. I was like, Well, it is a cut. All the way through. <laughs> cut all the way through. And I was like, I didn't want you to panic. So meanwhile, these two doctors have come and they say, Where's the finger? And we're like, uh, I mean, it could be on the ground. I don't know. Like, I don't know a snow cone machine right. from anything. And so they go and take... The, I mean, this feels like an episode in my head. It feels like an episode of ER or one of these, like, right. medicine shows. Yeah. It Because it was so ridiculous to watch people unplug the snow cone machine and bring it over to the ambulance so they could search for the finger. Yeah. It really did feel like a TV show. And... You know, I mean, everyone knows. No one's been in this situation except for a few people, but you know what you're supposed to do when a, a finger or a toe or a whatever. Anything gets cut off. When it gets cut off, what are you supposed to do? Put it you on ice. You find it and you put it on ice. Right. So, luckily, she was working a snow cone machine, <laughs> which already had ice involved. So, they went digging through the snow cone machine and found the finger in the ice. Preserved in the ice. Preserved in the ice. And so they got the finger. The two doctors looked at it and they both said, basically, it's not, it's enough got cut off to where it's, of course, panic inducing for the sure. person it happened to, but it's not enough for them to really do anything with. Right. It was probably quarter of an inch. Quarter of an inch, an maybe, inch maybe. Third of an inch. I don't know. But basically, you could see the bone. All but the it, fingernail? Uh, complete fingernail i mean i don't know maybe it was enough to where you i could see the bone when she cut it but the bone had not been cut like it basically wherever Uh, the bone is in your finger i I mean wherever that is and it was her middle finger too she really hated to lose her bird finger she really hated that she said um but anyway so it was enough where the the doctor said she hasn't you know um cut a tendon she hasn't cut right um the bone there's no major damage there's no major damage you know we're gonna see what happens in the morning kind of a thing they'll take care of it like there's no reason for you to rush into an emergency room right um and deal with it tonight but all that being said i mean it's just the craziest the craziest thing yeah that story was way crazier than mine for sure and what's even probably crazier than that is i was able to tell my sisters about it because one of my sisters went to grade school and high school with her so when i first Uh. met her she, her child is not in our kids' class or school, and so she sends her kids to a different school, and when she came in, she knew me and recognized me because I look just like my sister. Right. And she said, hi, I'm so-and-so. I went to grade school with your sister and high school with your sister. And I was like, oh, really nice to meet you, you know, whatever. And then all this stuff happened. So, yeah. like, I was able to text my sisters at, you know, 11, 
12 p.m., whatever, or 12 a.m., whatever it was, to tell them the story about one of somebody they knew. You know, yeah. it wasn't just the yeah. story. It was somebody they knew, too. Um, anyway, I need to check on her and see how she's doing. But just a crazy, you just never know how life's going to go. Yeah. Just the craziest thing. And then, so, so, of course, you and I see each other on the field, and you're like, I have a crazy story. I was like, no, I have a crazier story. <laughs> Here's definitely one. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> but, um, yeah, don't you hate a one-upper? I was totally a one-upper to you that night. Sometimes they're good no, one-uppers. I mean, yeah, that was a good one, though. To me, a, a one-upper by definition is a person that, like, seeks to make their stories better. You know, whatever story you have, they have got one better. In this case, you don't you don't always look for a better story than, than what's being told, but... And usually the one-uppers have stories that are similar to yours. Like, we right. both had stories. Yours had to do with football. Mine had to do with a medical thing. Um, usually, if you seek, if you are looking for a one-upper, they're, you're going to tell a story, and they're going to tell a story about how they did almost the exact same thing, but harder, or it was worse, or more yeah. difficult, or, yeah. you know, whatever the case may be. You lost a finger. I lost a hand. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. That's exact. Or I helped a guy that lost his hand, or whatever. Right. That's exactly how it would have gone. Those two coaches hate each other. I know three coaches that hate each other. Yeah. It's like, right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Totally terrible. Most ridiculous. That's but one you of know, you must have piece. known your story was crazier, because I think we were like, both at the same time, like, oh, I got a crazy story. And then you're like, you go first or what, something. There, what could you have, what story could you have even, like, my, I don't know. in my head, There's not probably. what story could you have experienced while being in the box? Unless a coach, like, fell out and had some sort of right. something go on. Somebody fell down the stadium, something. Um, I guess it didn't have to be medical. But you sit up in the box for these games right. and you look down over the, the crowd and so you can see the field and everything. Yeah. Um, so unless there had been something. Yeah, there's nothing, would, there's not a whole lot that would have beat a story like that. A mom cutting off her finger on a snow cone machine. Yeah. And then it miraculously got preserved in the yes. snow cone machine. All for ice. not, though, because they not. couldn't. Well, I think it, at least it's information, right? It's It was information because, I mean, these doctors are looking at your finger. How can they really tell how much is missing? How do you tell how much is missing well, off I mean, someone's finger? you know, finger? if it's your middle finger, you know, it's a, you know, quarter inch, half inch long. <laughs> two that are next to it. <laughs> so... This you know, it's not like a whole inch some, that's missing off of there. Whatever. Some people's fingers are different lengths. I know your middle one's supposed to be longer. I bet you anything there's people listening that their middle finger is like shorter than their other two or something. I mean, who knows? And they weren't taking long looks at it. It was not bleeding anymore once they saw it. It didn't bleed for long. We did a good job of compressing it, keeping your arm up. Yeah. Um, I had blood on me. Um, so my daughter, oh my gosh, the funniest thing was that... Um, <laughs> So we're in this big group me, which by the way, group me is the of made of the devil. It is f- directly from hell. I I'm in I'm in group me hell right now with this yeah. whole fundraiser I think situation. It just depends on the group me that you're a part of. But. Um, it's women. Can we just say it's women? You don't yeah. want to blame it on women. Well, I mean, I think it's people that are maybe they are super involved in what what's going on with it, and so they feel like they have to over. I find that that's the biggest issue when when people are. Like over informing, you know, like they they respond with yay and yes and it's, okay. That's it, these great. are it's these are like, reply all people. Mm. Yes, these that's are exact. That's exactly. These what are is. all reply all people. Right. Group me is a home for people who reply all, and that ain't me. I am not there. And you have been involved in group me. You've had the app. I didn't even know what it was. I didn't know if it was an app. I'm on several group me's. It's and but, you're you're like people never do X Y Z, and all the things you right. said they weren't doing were all things I was experiencing on group me. Yeah, nightmare. You're on the cheerleading group me, which is probably the like tenth layer of hell. It's not that bad though because I, there's only like maybe ten girls this year. 
Oh. But and they don't practice a lot and they don't have a lot of games. Like there's not a lot they don't do a lot. There's not so a there's not a lot of things yeah. that are constantly happening and so people have to you know, when the information is sent out, we don't need everyone to say, Okay, yeah, yes, okay, yeah. I mean but and now do. there's twenty other but and now there's do. so many replies that I don't even know what the message was because everybody replied with their right. own it's terrible. personal affirmation. <laughs> Daily affirmation. Yeah. Just like, okay, you saw it. And if you got a question, ask a question. We'll answer yeah. it. If you don't have the answer to the question, you don't need to say, no, I don't know. Oh my gosh, that's the worst. You don't need to know that have you don't know. Have you ever know. had a YouTube video like that where um, people, you'll read the comments because you all know I love to read the comments. That's my favorite part to do. And someone will ask a question. Maybe it's not a YouTube video. with social media. I don't know, whatever. Even Facebook posts. Someone will ask a question, like they're looking for help, and someone will comment, I don't know. Yeah. What? Then why did you answer? We don't care that you don't know. Only yeah. answer if you know. That's right. We're not asking everyone for their personal opinion. Anyway, so in this group me, the mom, one of the moms took pictures of all the kids that were working in the concession stand that night and right. sent them in the group me. She didn't know, I don't think, how grossed out Addie was about the entire situation <laughs> because Addie had been helping work the snow cone machine right. and found out what happened and was just like, I'm never eating a snow cone ever again. You yeah. know, like that kind of reaction. So the mom sends these pictures of the group meet that she had taken around the concession stand that night of all the kids walking around doing their jobs. And Addie's picture is the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. She has the most disgusted look on her face mm-hmm. and her hands are out with her f- fingers spread. Yeah, like, the, I just touched something disgusting. Yes, it's like... But she didn't. But she didn't. Like, yeah. she had nothing to do with it, really. She was just happy. She didn't even see it. No. And she took over <laughs> my job after I left. Like, she was the hamburger maker after that, but she didn't want to touch anything. Well, there she were no snow anything. cones to be made anymore, so yeah, that they was had to do job. something else. Yeah, Yeah. so anyway, the picture of her that's caught in time now and spread to everybody on GroupMe is the most, like... In the moment, hilarious picture yeah. that I guess maybe only as her mother did I catch it being what it was because that woman shared it and had no issue. Like, oh, right. look, like, cute. She's, she's, she's working the concession yeah, stand. with her gloves on. No. This girl was like about to be sick over what <laughs> happened and the whole situation. So anyway, they caught it in time. is the most hilarious thing because I was helping the lady in the ambulance. So I right. was just like, here, take over my job. Unplug the snow machine. Snow cone machine, come do my job. Yeah. Like, I got to go help this lady, whatever. You know, like handling all the things. I didn't know what she was doing after I was in the ambulance helping the lady, but she was very grossed out, but still yeah. working, but being caught on camera in her very grossed out state, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. That's like, pretty the funny. funniest thing. But once this is all over, I'm getting the heck, I'm deleting that app. I di- also didn't know. So, somehow it picks up on groups that you're already in. Maybe people add you to it, but you can't see the messages until you download the app or whatever. Because once I downloaded GroupMe, mm-hmm. I had like 10 conversations and I got updated on all of them. Like it's it pushes you oh. on all the conversations. Right. So I got, I could like scroll back and read about conversations that people had had previous to me coming on. I guess I'm added to it. They put your number in. Yeah. And you don't accept it until. The, yeah. I don't know. Just lives on the cloud until you get the app, I guess. I guess. It's weird, though. It's not like a regular text message where, you know, once I'm added, I can only see from here on out. Right. No. You yeah. can see everything previous. But it's probably built like that on purpose for this very reason. I'm sure it probably is. So you can is. go back up and see whatever information that was already passed out that you missed. It's not my personal um, idea of good communication. I don't... It's very passive. I'll say that much. Like, you're not... Um, you're not being forced to take the information. 
like for you, you could just turn off the notifications for GroupMe or just delete the app and now you're just not getting mm. them anymore. Yeah, be uninformed. It's just crazy when that's the only way that people are communicating about right. things. It is the fastest way, um, but I, I think that people get, I don't know. It it's just fast be- and it's easy. Like the spirit of the app is a good idea, in my opinion. I guess so. It just, when you're reading it, it feels like everyone is going a thousand miles an hour. And right. if you don't keep up, you're behind, you know, and not just with the messaging, but what is being discussed in the message, because this is a fundraising thing. So everyone's updating you constantly on how many Boston butts they've sold or how many tickets they've sold or, you know, whatever the fun work in the concession stand. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm, I liked the opportunity to be able to do the concession stand. It was very easy for me to say, okay, I'll do it. We'll work the whole time. Mm -hmm. But meanwhile, people are constantly updating on how many Boston butts they've sold. And there's like, I don't even know how many people on this text message thread, like, Probably message the 40, person I would imagine message the person that's taking tally like right. I don't care right, right, right. you told me how many I can sell I don't need constant update of how many other people have sold yeah <gasps> it's like so there's another one that much. we use for football uh, that's called remind yeah and that's it's a group messaging system but it's only one directional so the administrator can message everybody in the group but they can't message they can only message back privately mm-hmm. to the administrator they can't message the rest of the group it's it's the lack of reply all i like that right and that so that doesn't have the reply all option it has the i really like that you can reply to the sender someone was smart in inventing that that was the person who got on group me and was like screw this crap right. this is ridiculous right but it just feels like um I mean, in if if there were to be a like verbal out loud, what it does and makes me feel like it's like that's that's what my head like when I right. scroll through these things, I just my brain is overwhelmed with like chatter. Yeah, and may, I know that's a personality thing of mine the way my brain works, but I just it's like an overload with the like it's little like I can't do it and so um I just need like a summation just give me a summary at the end of the day of what's going on really I just need a summary like here's the high points here's the fundraiser here's the high points that only affect me yeah the other day I wrote okay so tell me how much money I've raised at this like because they're doing group fundraisers now right where when they do a group fundraiser, every kid gets some, pers- you know, amount. They split it evenly among right. all the kids. So I don't really have a good handle on how much money we've earned at this point. I know how much we did for the concession stand because we did that. Right. Um, but I don't know how many pops they sold. Yeah. And, I don't know yeah. how many they've sold or what the distribution there is. So um, somebody needs to give me a total at some point. That's what I care about right now. Yeah. Because we have a goal of she has to earn, she has to raise $300. So just in that concession stand, we earned over a hundred dollars. So that's a pretty good little chunk. Yeah. Um. So I'm sure with the other little fundraisers they've done, we're probably at least halfway there. Yeah. I would imagine. So how much more I got to do? And really, it's not me. We could do a whole other podcast on the fact that I'm not raising money for our children. I was happy to work with her in the concession stand. That is as far as I will go to, um, raising money for them. We're even thinking about possibly writing a check and letting her work. Now we don't pay our kids a um allowance. allowance and mm-hmm. so that this would be above and beyond any of the like normal Right. The normal lawn chores. Care, normal chores. Which they're for our for kids our kids ages, they have a lot of chores. They do a lot of yeah, things. Yeah, they do. And they this do. is not like clean up your own space, whatever. They do laundry. They do the yard. They wash the cars. They uh, vacuum the cars. Yeah. Clean the kitchen. 
yeah, like they unload, reload the dishwasher. They have a very packed thing of chores. So if they want to, you know, work otherwise beyond that, um, we'd have to think about what it would even be. That would be things like, I don't even know. What do you think? What would they be? Extra stuff for them to um, do. I mean, we make them do a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, it would have to be some sort of, like right now she's dog sitting the, the neighbor's dog. I mean, it would have to be something along those lines. Yeah, it's, and that would be like a pay us back kind of a thing. So right. she, whatever money the neighbor gives her for um, dog seeing the dog, she would have to give us that money back because right. I cut the check for whatever the difference is between what she's already earned and what we had to cut the check for. So yeah, basically it would be a payback situation um, for her to do this thing. And I know a lot of people don't view that that way um, with fundraisers. I just hate fundraisers generally. I, d- I don't like them. I would rather do a fundraiser than cut a check though. I would Only rather, because I'm not going to do the fundraiser. Like I, I would rather have my kid have the opportunity to do a fundraiser where they can go out and with their own hard work earn that money. Right. So we have layers to this, right? We have, um, I will never, ever go on Facebook or to my office and sell something for my child. Right. I will never ask you to, anyone, friends, family, anything, to purchase something so that my child may raise money. They will be asking for that. Right. But beyond that, I really, the third level to it, so the first level is parents who sell their own kids' fundraiser stuff, which I think is not teaching your child anything. Right. Just go cut a check. Sorry, but just go cut a check. You should not be, that. that is, that is robbing your child of any kind of learning experience of what it's like to communicate, to ask questions, right. to, I mean, in the world of social media where these kids are not getting enough face-to-face interaction with adults anyway, they need, I don't care, actually, they could text somebody and ask them, I guess, whatever you want to do, but they are still not having to put themselves out there, and it's a really, like, huge learning curve yeah. um, to have to do that. It's a, an important skill. Okay, so that's the first group of parents. Second group of parents are, okay, you're going to sell stuff, but you're going to sell it, right. which is where we've been for a long time. Sure. But I'm easing on over into, um, I'm not selling anything. I'm going to cut a check. And it, if, if it's a fundraiser that we have to do because you want to do something, she wants to be a part of this um, thing that she's doing. Mm-hmm. It could be a sport, some some sports fundraise, yep. um, some uh, groups and clubs and stuff fundraise. And so this is a fundraiser and she wants to do it. She wants to participate. I will help her buy the clothing that she needs to buy to participate in these things. Um, but it, when it comes to the actual, like, you have to raise a certain amount of money to participate, period. Right. And so um, I'm kind of rolling over into the idea that I will cut the check and then you will work for me to earn it back because I don't like to be asked to buy things right. for fundraisers. Yeah. And so that's a personal thing on my part. I, I, I mean, there's various schools, there's various, not, you know, all these different places that are constantly asking for money and fundraisers. And it just drives me bonkers because I'm not interested in purchasing anything that you have for sale. I would rather, um, it's like this whole like hurricane thing, right? This hurricane Ida, I talked about it on my social media, but this happens every single time there's a hurricane. People come out of the woodwork selling something right? where only, let's a say the percentage of it. Well, the profit, even if it's just the right. profit, well, the t-shirt costs something to make, right? So let's say it's a $30 t-shirt or a $30 Boston butt in the case of our kid. Mm-hmm. She's selling a Boston butt that costs $40. She gets 15 of it. Right. She's like, so you're telling me I have to, like, I may as well just go out and ask someone for $15. That yeah. would be easier. Yeah. But there's always this idea that in order to fundraise, the person has to be getting something out of it in right. order to contribute. And that shouldn't be the spirit right. of fundraising, but that's kind of what's happened. Sure. 
And it's happening with Hurricane Ida too. And I've seen it happen for Hurricane Sally yeah, and every, Laura every, and yeah, every hurricane. Earthquakes, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. People want to sell a t-shirt that costs $20 to make, let's say, and there's a $10 um, profit at, let's say you pay $30 for a t-shirt. It's a very expensive t-shirt. But anyway, right. let's say it's a $30 t-shirt. 20 of it is how much it costs the person to make. And by the way, if they're making it in-house, you're talking about they have to pay their laborers to right. make it. Yeah. These things don't just shipping, come out of all kinds shipping. Of stuff. These things right. don't just come out of thin air. Right. So you're paying all this money to make that shirt and the $10 profit that they would have made off of it goes to victims of the hurricane. Well, you could have you could have sent $20 directly to the people and cut out the person right. making but then you this don't get t-shirt, anything. but then you don't get anything. So I mean, I, but, what's, I but what's it about? Please don't well, tell me. Do not tell me that you you need to get a T-shirt out of no, but feeling good about making a donation. No, but let's say that I was going to already give. I was already going to buy the T-shirt, mm -hmm. or you know, buy a product from this company. Now I'll just buy an extra or whatever because they're going to donate some of my money to the. I don't know. I'm sure people would justify it in their of mind course. somehow. Yes, and my friend that um, my friend does this every. We have this discussion every time a hurricane comes around because I make this announcement every time there's a big disaster. Right. I talk about this. Do not donate to um, the Red Cross. I mean, you talk about where your money will not be well spent. That's right. one of them. Um, do some research on places. I mean, the nonprofits, you guys. Okay, we could have a whole other podcast about that too. But anyway, so I have this discussion every time this comes around with my friend who owns a business and donates. She she usually does a situation like this where she's like, the profits go from this piece of jewelry that we're going to sell go to the victims. Mm -hmm. You know what she did this time? She donated all of it. So, so if she you, took a loss. She took a loss. Yeah. Yes. So she wanted to donate $50,000 to Hurricane Ida victims. Mm -hmm. And basically she was like, I need your help to do it. Right? Right. So she donated her, all the labor to make this one item. She It's on this one item only, right? Right. She's going to make this one piece of jewelry and sell as many of them as she can. And her cost of the material and the labor to make them and all that, she's donating all of that. Right. So let's say it's a third of the price of everything. Let's just say, I don't really know what it is. Let's say, or let's, for easy numbers, let's say it's half. So with the help of the people who bought the item at the, the profited number of mm -hmm. $25 or whatever, I think it was $25, she donated $12.50. Right. And you and donated $12.50. Yeah. Right. That is an okay situation right. to me. Yeah, I get that. That's okay. Because she has now put her money where her mouth is. Right. She donated $25,000 in the audience, in the buyers, the clients, whatever, donated $25,000. That is what you do. Yeah. That's how you do it. All this, well, I'm going to make a shirt and sell it so that now everybody's wearing my shirt. It's an advertisement. Right. T-shirts are an advertisement, y'all. Sure. Nobody's making money off T-shirts. Most people are not making money off of a, a branded T-shirt. There's not enough money in it yeah. to really earn a lot. So it's an advertisement. It's a marketing tool is what it is. And so it's got your logo on it or it's got your saying on it or whatever it is. And so by you purchasing that T-shirt, now you're a walking advertisement for them. Yeah. And they've, they've donated. Right. Makes them feel good about what they've done. Right. It's not great. Yeah, I get it. Anyway. You guys do some, you go and do some research too while I'm here talking about charities. Go do some research on the nonprofits where you're donating your money. I know it feels so good. Americans really do have a big heart and I know that they are very charitable people. I mean, yep. we really are charitable people and we want to give and we want to help. Um, and it's like anything else, you know, 
there there's always research to be done about who's doing the best job and who you should really give your money to. And ultimately you should always feel good when you're giving, but maybe do a little bit of research before. Sure. I just know some of the biggest, most popular names that, that you would think of, um, about giving money to, um, they are the biggest names and they are the most popular because they are good at marketing right. and they're not great at giving away money or giving away um, things. Well, not as much money is probably going as percentage-wise. Right. And I will say, too, a really good way, especially during a hurricane where there is a disaster where people need things, a really good thing to do is to not give money necessarily but purchase items to send to that area. Right. If you know someone who's in that area and there's a way for you to get an Amazon list together and ship things to their house so that they can then transport them. Cause you know, in most cases, Amazon, these delivery trucks can't get to the disaster sure. area. They've been cut sure. off, but a local person that, you know, or someone else. Yeah, knows, There's a lot of churches that have done that in the past. They'll right. collect a bunch of stuff, throw it in a trailer mm-hmm. and just drive it down there. That's a great way to do drop it. Drop it off at their, at the church that's down there. Cause there's know? not a lot of ways to, uh, you know, rob the coffers of a water, you know, uh, pallets of water. I mean, I guess you could, but it, it's still right. water, right? Or it's yeah. still... Well, what are you going to do with it? Brand new t-shirts. By the way, don't ever send your used clothing. Right. This no is one not wants the, that. It's not that... Well, they don't have time to look through it. They don't right. have time to wash it. It will sit and rot. Do not ever go through your closets and think, I will send this to a, a victim of a disaster. Don't right. do it. Send them... They, they always need hygiene items. They always need... Right. Um, so, Basic needs type stuff. Yes. And I stuff think it's... You probably take sometimes hard, Yeah. And that's usually what's hard. It's hard to think about what that is. Yeah. What does that look like? It looks like toilet paper and water. Mm-hmm. And... Ba- white t-shirts. Like Hanes yeah. white undershirts. Toothbrushes and, and toothpaste mm-hmm. and soap. Baby wipes. Um, hand sanitizer. Alcohol. Peroxide. I mean, like first aid items, band aids. Right. It lo- that's what it looks like. Formula for babies. Yes, formula for babies. That's what it looks like. It does not look like used clothing that you want to get rid of anyway. Yeah. Um, most things giving to people in need don't look as cute or fancy as you want them to, but that's what needs to be done. Um. So anyway, I'm I'm kind of passionate about that. I've become more and more passionate about it. Because I see so much waste and so much yeah. misinformation yeah. out there. We have so well, it's people truly, like you're saying, people truly want to help. They just course. don't know how to help. And so they think, well, I'm not going to wear this shirt anymore. So someone else might. We just and, see. I mean, it's, it's coming from a good place, but it's not quite going to work out the way you right. think it's going to. Yeah. And living on the Gulf Coast, as many hurricanes as we see and how many displaced people we see, um, it really we see it happen often enough to where it comes up as a subject pretty often with people and people from all over the country, um, want to help with those things, but don't quite know how. So I'm here to tell you how in a different way than you might've thought. So, all right. If you guys have any comments or questions, you guys can email us at building at gmail.com. You can contact us on social media on Facebook or Instagram at, at, uh, building Aaronsburg. And, uh, you guys make sure to subscribe and give us some five star ratings so that we'll be up and more people can hear our message until next time. Bye y'all. Bye y'all. <laughs>